What radio show is this? The Sean Tester Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? Once again, we're broadcasting to you live from the Dad Shack here on beautiful Lake Sawyer in Black Diamond, Washington. And we want to remind all our calling guests that you are being audio recorded and that anything that you share with us becomes property of the show and will be used for profit and worldwide distribution on the Internet. Oh, God, not again. Good luck, brother. That sounds like a really, really cool topic. I hope you get some interesting comments. With that, let's take our first caller. The call-in number is going to be 425-247-8827. And with that, we're going to begin the show. Tonight's topic is going to be... But tell the truth. Why is it so difficult to trust anybody anymore? Why is it that getting burned once seems to last for so long? And people no longer trust one another and want to forgive. Is this all part of somebody who's jealous? Or somebody who's just out for money and could care less about people? Stuff's more important than people. Person has no moral compass. Doesn't know what ethics even means. Those are the kind of things we're going to touch on tonight in the show. And I encourage people to jot down their comments, get in line, dial up 425-247-8827, and call in with your comments. We'll try to get your calls as fast as we can on the Sean Tesher Show. Hey, Sean, how's it going? In regards to being able to tell the truth, what do you think it is that keeps people from uh, absolutely telling the truth and telling little white lies every day? I just think we live in the day of the lie where truth isn't put up on a pedestal like it was when we were little kids. It's difficult for anybody to trust anybody because nobody's telling the truth. What's changed? Um, our culture has changed. We've thrown God out the window. One of the Ten Commandments, you know, you shall not bear false testimony. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, we've thrown all that out the window. So heck, you know. Plus, what else has changed is, well, what's, you know, your, truth is relative, right? Or so they say, which that's a bunch of gobbledygook. But um, you know, if truth is relative, then somebody can say one thing and somebody can say the other, and they're completely contradictory. And oh well, you know, it's up to you to decide what's right. You know, in the Old Testament, in the Book of Judges said every man did what was right in his own eyes. Well, they had, they had chaos. <laughs> I, uh, a long time ago, I tried to go a whole day with telling no lies, just the truth. And I'll tell you, that was one of the most difficult things I ever did. Uh, other than in teaching school, they asked us to spend a day in a wheelchair, blindfolded. But I tell you, that was rough, trying to get around without being able to see and being immobile. People are usually blind to the truth, aren't they? Sometimes the truth is staring them right in the face, and they just don't see it so blind they cannot see, (laughs) literally. Yeah. That comes from. And then, of course, it's trying to trust people, too. It's another one. 
Uh, well, yeah, but if everybody's, if everybody's lying, it's no wonder that that's, those two are in, inextricably linked. Everybody's lying. Well, then, yeah, how can you trust anybody? <laughs> you know, if the truth isn't isn't generated anymore, you know, everybody's lying. Nobody cares about the truth. Well, then, yeah, no, you're not going to be able to trust anybody. And then you end up with a big mess like we have now. That's what the left represents in this country. That's what the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and the Joe Biden's and the Dianne Feinstein's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's what they all represent. The truth changes depending on which way the political wind's blowing. Mm -hmm. They don't know. They have nothing to do with truth. And so nobody trusts them. It's not rocket science. I think people don't tell the truth anymore because they care more about money and stuff than they do about people. Yeah. Well, look at the examples that, that are being set for them in our government. And like I said, I, you know, I, I like what Dennis Prager has to say about it. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate your comments. Um, one of the things I've started to do is take people out with a toilet flush at the end of their commentary, or mafia style. We're going to open this vault door here and see what kind of archives we can dig out from the Sean Tester Show Ear Candy Vault. See if this door will open. Uh, maybe it needs a little oil on the hinges. Let's sit back and listen and enjoy. You've always been family to me. I just want to let you know how much I love you. And so I'm going to ask you, John, how do you want to be taken out today on Sean Tesher's show, Out of the Dad Shack? And nobody leaves here unless they're processed properly. So how do you want to be processed? No, flush is fine. Thanks, John, for calling in. Right. Here we go. And here we go with another caller, Gino. Gino, you're calling from Las Vegas. Thank you for calling in to the Sean Tesher Show. All right. Thank you. So, Gino, whatever happened to truth and being able to trust people? Yeah, that seems to be a uh, lost something there. Um, truth sometimes comes in uh, many ways, seems like, almost nowadays. What? It's, it's unreal. In a package, in a can, what, add water and stir, <laughs> serves five? Yes. Yeah. Add water to let them watch it grow, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> why isn't it? Why isn't it that people can't tell the truth anymore? Like when we were growing up, you know, if you got in trouble, the neighbor would walk you down to your mom by the ear, or uh, you know, you, when your dad was getting home, you were in big trouble. If you didn't get the belt, then something else was worse. He'd probably kill you. You got the razor strap back in the day. <laughs> Filipinos love to give you the razor on the butt. <laughs> so you were raised by Filipinos. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Okay. Well, I thought you were part Native American, too. That, too. I'm half and half. Okay. So, in no key how, how would they take you out, then? What style? What's that? No. <laughs> Razor strap or, or cut your own switch off the tree? <laughs> Either way. Did you, you, depending on what kind of mood the old man was in at the time, what, what I'd done to deserve it. <laughs> well, why was, uh, why was so much effort back then put into trying to teach you to tell the truth? start crying before the belt even hit me and my dad would start laughing and say wait a minute I haven't even hit 
Her mom would be there with a bar of soap. You know, put this soap in your mouth, eat it. Anyway, you said uh, you're stealing cigarettes from your mom, and then what happens? Yeah, my dad, I kept a tin clean with it, admitted it, and then told my dad, we got two cigars, he lit one up, and he lit the other one up. He said, okay, now, you want to smoke, smoke. Oh, I got sicker than a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you learned to tell the truth after that, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to smoke no more, either. <laughs> well, do you know, why is it so hard to trust people nowadays? light of truth will make the cockroaches scatter and uh, to me it's people are in love with stuff now instead of uh, ideals anymore uh, money is worth more oh. to them and property than doing the right thing more than oh, yeah, more than they, people oh yeah it's, it's like they brought me keeping up with the Joneses to a whole new level you know uh, I know in some cultures like in the Sikh culture in India uh, telling the truth is what their whole religion is uh, based on uh, it's everything. Their whole culture and yeah. the whole definition of being a man is whether or not you can tell the truth. Yeah. So. <laughs> they even have what's called a truth race. You should have something like that in the schools here so that the youth can start learning it from, from day one, you know. Well, who's going to teach them? That's what I'm saying. Just, it's just that's what we, we'll, maybe we'll just send for somebody from maybe. Well, you know, um, it used to be the parents were pretty much in charge of teaching you to tell the truth before you even got to school. It kind of put the fear of God in you. And then it seems like nowadays not a lot of kids have both parents, and the parents are expecting that the teachers and the schools are going to teach them to tell the truth and take over the parenting role. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, that's so true. That's so true. So many, so many single parents out there, it's just uh, it's mind-boggling. And, you know, it's uh, it's like you stay together forever until death do us part. Uh, that part kind of faded away 20 years ago or something. Yeah, marriage vows. Yeah. You know. Hold, holding true to promises. So promises yeah. kept or promises broken, right? Right. Hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point, Gino. You know, yeah. all it takes is having your promise broken to you once or twice, and then that loyalty disappears, and it's harder to trust people anymore harder to try and believe that people are going to have your best interests in mind and not theirs. Right, that's true. Um, and I think it's, well, a lot of people do it, you know, and then, but I think it's gotten so common nowadays, it's, it's, it's not even that you realize you did it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, that's how kind of easy it comes along. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I, I know I am, you know, and I've had a good friend one time before even tell me, hey, man, and I stand to step back a minute and think, oh my gosh, you know, you're right. You know, you're right. I apologize. So I, had to, I had to kind of look at myself there a little bit, too. But it just happens so easy nowadays. I mean, because it just seems, to, I mean, that's just the norm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, sometimes 
I look at myself and I, I'm the last person that has to admit to myself that I didn't tell the truth or I screwed up because uh, it means I'm going to have to change. It means I'm going to have to change something about myself, my situation, who, who my circle of friends are, whether or not they're really loyal or not, whether they're worth holding on to. Uh, even in my family, I'm shocked at the number of betrayals. It seems as if the betrayals are, are getting worse, not better. I, yeah, I think all, I think a lot of families have that, that same uh, uh, problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know I, I still do with mine as far as that goes. You know, in fact, as far as that goes, even though it's with my kids, my daughters, love them to death and everything, but sometimes I have to be skeptical, excuse me, skeptical about what they tell me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because there's been numerous times that whatever it might be, they would tell me that I'd find out differently later, so I would question them. You know, but their attitude, you know, they're young, you know, they're young, but their attitude is, well, it's only a thing, it ain't nothing to worry about, you know, that type of thing. I said, but I'm your dad, you know, you should be able to come to me and just tell me the truth about what it is or isn't, or what's going on. But I thought you, you know? were my friend, not my dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you got to catch them and kind of remind them, and then they kind of go through their little hoo-ha about it, but then eventually... They come around and say, yeah, they're there. And then I they even apologize to me later, you know. But If they have a conscience. If they have yeah. a conscience. You know, when when that conscience has to be formed is before age eight, according to psychologists, or otherwise they're going to be uh, preying on society. Right. Well, I didn't know it was about eight, but okay. Yeah. yeah well, that makes sense. At age eight, that's when uh, their friends mean more to them than their parents. Yeah. <laughs> they that way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they form they form a wolf pack. And I have a oh, I'm sorry, I have a grandson. He's 15. You know, and oh my God, his his little pack of so-called relatives and friends the same age, you know, puts him at a dilemma. For his mom, my daughter, that at times now he he talks about he wants to go live with his cousins, and I have to ask him. I said, let me ask you this: What's that going to prove? You walk out of the house on your mom, you go live with your cousin. You're doing the same things over there. You're going to become irritable to whoever it is you're living with. Not so much your, your cousin or your friend, but the parents of that kid's going to know when you're BSing them or they, and feeling they can't trust you what you say. Then you're going to go. You're going to run out of places to go. Yeah, and you know, back in the day when, when you and I were growing up, they had... Um, Mandatory military service, meaning you were you were volunteering, or you were volunteered, meaning the draft. And I had three cousins who were Italians, and they were all tough guys at that age, out stealing cars, causing all kinds of havoc. And they were in front of the judge. And you know what the judge told them, Gino? It's, it's jail or Vietnam, take your pick. Well, they were all tough guys. They all three went to Vietnam. Uh, one shot himself over a girl, killed himself. Another one uh, got shot dead in a bar fight over a, a love triangle. And the other one, he's fallen off a ladder a couple of years ago. He's about 70, 72 now. And he'll never be the same. But I always remember the Vietnam veterans, when they came back home, they said to me, everybody was army green and blood red. And I thought, wow, that's profound, you know. I mean, the guy next to you, it didn't matter what his skin color was or where he was from, he was your brother. He was your family. And sometimes it takes that kind of loyalty for people to wake up and realize what's really valuable in life. You know, is it stuff 
Um, back then, the military was a way for people like your uh, grandson to, to be steered straight if they were going yeah. down the wrong path. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I, I, in fact, that's like what you're talking about. I was a product of that myself, even, even from my dad, who in the community was uh, one of the, I don't know, probably uh, most uh, one that they would come talk to with their problems, you know, even though they weren't family, they were still friends. But me, I was a problem child. I was in all this trouble. And uh, so I got to that point at the court, you know, we, we went to court a couple times and I was in there. My dad said, you know, you've you got to change this, you know. He tried to talk to me, but I just let it go in one ear and out the other. Then by the time uh, senior high came, and I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, it dawned, you know, I didn't get forced to go in, but I volunteered myself. I thought, I got to do something. This, whatever I'm doing is wrong. I got to do something. So yeah. I went in the Marine Corps. <laughs> places, I went in the Marine Corps, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I got taught real quick, you know, uh, respect, honor, and <laughs> kind of the hard way, but still it sunk in. It still sunk in. Yeah. And uh, my only dilemma was that at that time and era, going into Vietnam, you know, uh, you know, you went in the field, you had a situation, you had generally at least five that covered your back. And there was a way of a brotherhood that, that, that you're with. You get all directions in front of you, backwards, front, whatever. You know, you, you learn to respect that and each other. And so uh, what was crazy about that sometimes, though, you come back out of the field, you still had your still had your rednecks, or I should say rednecks, I just say racist. They're, they're, they're there. They're there everywhere, no matter where you look. Mm -hmm. And they would be there, and then we'd have fights, you know, personal fights in the back, back, you know, over some of these things. Not that often, but it, it was still there, you know, and that is too crazy, crazy as it was. But the next time you had to go out in the field, you knew that he and you had to depend on each other. Yeah, you know, bury, the, bury the hatchet or bury the tomahawk before you go out and make peace before exactly, you go out in the field. You know, yeah, and, and, and it made me think real hard. I came back. In fact, I just did a, uh, we did a uh, uh, little uh, conference up at Sale University on a question and answering thing. And plus, we, uh, uh, it was a group. We have uh, the Filipino Americans, uh, Filipino Americans uh, uh, together. Um, anyway, we put, put together this group, and we talked about our experiences in Vietnam. This, you know, we're, we're the only ones left. In, in our neighborhoods that, mm -hmm. that are still around. Yeah. And so the college wanted us to come out and do a forum there for them. So we did. And it was kind of funny to me because I was sitting there and, there and someone was talking about, did you see racism while you were there and this and that or while you were in the military? I said, while in the military, excuse me. And I said, yes. I said, it was there. I mean, I remember walking back to North Carolina, or walking back from the movie theater, me and the black guy, we're coming back going to the barracks and get jumped by a bunch of white guys in the trees that you have to walk through to get down to the other side to where the barracks were. Hmm. You know? I said, when it was there, and I said, the thing that bugs me the most, and I said, I look at kids today, and I said, if you take a group of kids at three, four, five years old, even older, maybe, you put them in a room with some toys, some things, just put them there, and you watch them. They don't know racism. They don't know color. They, all they know is they're playing with, with somebody else to have fun with. Mm -hmm. 
It's either it's either sharing or selfishness at that age that they understand and fairness. They all want to be treated fairly. Yeah, and then when they're playing, they're having fun, and you see them. Yeah. You know, you know the, the black kid don't see a white kid. kid white kid don't see a black kid. He sees a kid that he's playing with and having fun. Yeah. You know, and then get along. Yeah. Uh, Kindergarten rules disappear by after age eight, I guess. You know, um, my grandmother's tribe was Menominee and Chippewa, and I visited the reservation a few years back, and I remember seeing one of their prized possessions that had been returned to the tribe, and it was a peace pipe. On one side, you'd smoke for peace, and on the other side, just underneath the pipe, was a tomahawk. So you'd either turn it over for peace or the other side for war. Uh, there was nothing in the middle, really, except the, the, the stick. And yeah. I think about fathers and chiefs, and who's the chief or head of the household anymore. There are very few fathers present in uh, families, and that moral compass and that guide just isn't there. Uh, probably the first chance these kids get is maybe in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, they may have a male teacher, or they go through and they end up in the military, and the drill sergeant becomes their pseudo-father. Um, what do you think? Yeah, that, that's pretty much true because, you know, like, uh, Native, my Native American thing came way later. I didn't know. She was best kept lie in uh, Seattle probably at that time. <laughs> um, I was adopted. Uh, my dad was my dad, but he had an affair with a Native American lady downstairs from where he was living. Uh, when he was living with my, uh, my mom, who I, my, you know, Oh, okay. uh, my biological mom, but my mother, which I thought was my mom all along. But, uh, it, yeah, anyway, hmm. threw me off track there for a second. But the bottom line is, a lot of, lot, a lot of families only their own single. I mean, this started way back when, before it was even out in the, the rest of the world. Today, that's like we were saying earlier, today a lot of families broken up and it's just single, single moms trying to raise their kids. Well, you know, when I'm out in schools teaching, um, even yesterday when I was substitute teaching, I can tell you, Gino, you look at the pictures of the faculties in these schools, and you'll have 24 women and maybe one man. And either the man's a sixth-grade teacher or the janitor. And that's uh, it. Wow. And that's what schools have become. And, and that's, you know, when we were kids, we used to get into fistfights at recess and after school, and it was okay to defend yourself. But your dad would say, You'd better not have started it first, but you'd better have finished it, or you'll get it worse from me when you get home. And now kids are not allowed to defend themselves. You know, they're supposed to surrender right away. If Even if they are picked on and they're the victims, they still get in trouble because they didn't come tell an adult, yeah. which I think is crazy. Anyway. No, I just going to say as far as that idea. It kind of leads up into the thing with kids nowadays, too, is just bullying, you know, some poor little kid gets bullied. Uh, the thing with the kid now, he wants to know somebody, but he's afraid if he does, he's going to get continued more bullying, but what he doesn't understand is they're going to bully him anyway, you know, so he should go. But fear is there for him, you know what I mean? Or, I just feel sorry for young boys nowadays. It depends on who their hostage takers are. It depends on how they're shaped as men. Yeah. They're, they're either going to be soy boys or they're going to be men. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Gino, thank you for calling into the Sean Tester Show today. I look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, we'll have interesting topics coming up in other weeks, and I'm sure that uh, you'll be wanting to call in and share with us. Oh, sure, for sure. Will do. Okay.
Well, I appreciate it. Before you exit the dad shack, you're going to be processed. That means we either let you pick being flushed or you can go out with two to the back of the head, mafia style. What's your choice? Uh, two to the back of the head. Okay, here we go. You've always been family to me. I just want to let you know how much I love you. Uh, we look forward to hearing from other guests as well. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, don't hesitate to email us here at trashner at hotmail.com. That's T-R-A-S-H-N-E-R at hotmail.com. Or you can call us at 425-247-8827. We'd be happy to put your ideas out there on the show, which would make it more interesting for all. Thanks for participating. Have a good week. Good luck, brother. That sounds like a really, really cool topic. I hope you get some interesting comments. What radio show is this? The Sean Tester Show. Of course. When's that? Where's that?